What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again, the host trifecta, coming to you first, Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Very good. Good. Yeah. Good to see you I, here. I have two things to say. Okay, perfect. One, I want to say thanks to um, our crew behind the scenes. Tech crew. Yeah. Paul and Paul, Simeon. Paul, Stanton, mm. and Simeon Battaglia. The duo. Yeah. They, um, they're the unseen Tech Unseen, crew unsung behind, heroes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thank you for being here. <laughs> Make the magic happen. The second thing I want to say is... It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. Her, none of her two things involve the white shaggy carpet, by the way, that we're all uh, stumbled upon. But it is fall. It was like 55 it, degrees this morning. Yeah, it was oh, colder than 49. that at my house. Yeah. I mean, when I got up, when, yeah. when a 24-year-old get up, 55. <laughs> but when a 65-year-old gets up, it's 40. And it, the crazy thing is it was already noon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, it feels so good outside. Um, but Alicia, good to see you. Uh, we'll elaborate on the shag carpet uh, with none other than Mark Francis. Mark. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Audio only Mark just is coming back again. Waiting to be acknowledged for yeah. me to voice yeah. my thoughts. So what's the deal? No, but none, he didn't tell me this was happening, by the way. Nobody told me this shag carpet was happening, but I'm digging. Decorating it. is always important, mm-hmm. you know, concepts. So when you're when you have video, visual matters. And I hate looking at cords. I hate looking at an ugly green carpet, which you're still sitting on, but that's okay. That's true. But I don't having a somewhat used white shag carpet is better than none at all. It's true. And so if you can, you know, used to be yours, at, right? Yeah. What was mm-hmm. it? Definitely getting tossed and then you decided to bring it here or was it a prayerful yeah. thing like we love this carpet but very Sermon prayerful Spotlight deserves yeah. It. yeah you know and you know heavily used obviously it's homey it it's speaks homey. comfort to me mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. it speaks comfort and like when Simi and I walked in the door we both recognize it like we know this carpet because that's where we have small group is you at your house and so I've got one question did you fumigate it before you brought it in? <laughs> That's true. Thankfully, People laying down on it already. I'm like, I don't know how clean that thing is. Not any kind of uh, spray dog situations down. on it to my knowledge. So, you know, the fact that Mark Carey already did snow angels on it earlier did. Is, um, did. is a good thing. <laughs> the fleas are already all over him. You mentioned him already. He's back. Senior pastor Mark Carey. Mark, 49 degrees this morning, you said. Yep. You like it? You like that cold weather? You know, I like all the seasons. Yeah. Oh, it's um, so good. Me too. Yeah. Northern Virginia. Best, Northern Virginia, man. You get all of them. Mm-hmm. All weather tires, you know, you enjoy it year round. Yeah. Really I good. talked with a lady uh, Sunday uh, who moved up here from Tampa, Florida. Oh, wow. And uh, she was saying how much she loves the the, the changing of the seasons. And um, hmm. yeah. Fall is best, but obviously no football for New Nebraska people. I do have one little side note, and I've been waiting to drop this bomb. This happened a couple weeks ago in the local news for Nebraska that there is a man who went to city council in Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Asking to rename like that was me. boneless chicken wings. That's right. And is, there must be nothing better to do in town except for go with your mask on to city council and ask for that. Because it said that he basically had a plea to the sink to Lincoln City Council to rename boneless chicken wings because they are not, in fact, wings from a chicken. I mean, what? Is, is that really what you need to go to for Nebraska? Did he have a suggestion? No. For a new name. Wait, no. wait, wait. He just wanted them to wing? rename it. Like an actual wing? Right. You know, oh, boneless. Please. You know, a boneless chicken oh, wing. Oh, I know. 
So if there's no bones, then you can't call it a chicken wing, but they're calling it boneless chicken wings, and Understood. he had beef with that. Understood. So because had it's, beef. it's the processed chicken, chicken meat that's smushed together to make it look yeah. like a wing. Yeah. So because either you're really smart Nebraskan, or you have nothing better to do in your hands because there's no football. Okay. That's got to so, be but, what but, it is. Well, what's going on in life where you're looking at Nebraska local news... And he's not. No, I was. I saw it too. Oh, you did. He's just not going to bring it up to yeah. anybody. <laughs> I did not see it. <laughs> now the guy who did that, a young yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, his dad was on the council, city council. So it was so, some spoof thing. But and uh, there you go. Uh, the rest of the story. But you, you're right. It's it's. <laughs> wow. Sad. Uh, it's Sad. boring days yeah, it's in fall. Uh, in the Big Red, as it is in the Big Ten. Honestly, though, they, that's they vote, that's the kind I of heard that they're going to vote. Supposed to, but they haven't. NFL week one of NFL went wonderfully. I mean, sort of. There weren't any fans anywhere, but they all played oh. and nobody seemed to like. You know, the best job in the NFL right now is the guy who's up where I'm the council doing the, the, the fan sounds. Yeah. yeah. Because he, yeah. he can make push the fake he can make anything sound like great. So, yeah. you know, nothing may have happened. All of a sudden, why you hear the crowd and you, you want to what's happening? The I heard some booze also. It's this guy from Nebraska who's yeah. faking it up there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Having, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you oh, can work ridiculous. it all in. Yeah, I want to try that on Sunday morning. Of course. Hey, you were okay, here we go. You asked for, for the your amen. Call for the amen. You That's right. You know, yeah. So, so we, we well, let's get on with this here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, I got other things to do. Enough. It's fall Sunday in review. Let's jump into it. Y'all. Uh, Romans six. Um, where are we at? Mark Francis coming your way first. You know, getting back to Romans is is great. You know, we only we're off for one real week, but. First of all, I love kind of the recap, a little bit of a summary mm-hmm. of the entire chapter of six, kind of leading up to the passage of um, verse 14, because you've got to at least have it all in context. So having those first 15, 20 minutes was imperative, in my opinion, to really guide us down that path of what it really looks like and means to then declare for you're not under law, but under grace. And so t- for me, that was helpful. And, um, you know, I'll pass it on to Alicia also to kind of give your thoughts. But um, more light bulbs keep going off in my head and then more questions also. So that's I don't think you can unpack this enough. And Bible is Bible. Truth is truth. But how you present it, how you convey it can be so many different Mm -hmm. ways. And I just hope that in a conversation like this, in a podcast, we can say the same thing two or three different times, different ways that maybe another light bulb will go off for people. Because that, that, mm. that to me is so important to then say, dig into the scripture yourself, understand it, and, and don't just rely on a sermon, don't just rely on, a, on a, a different kind of book that explains it, but really what is the spirit teaching and guiding me personally in this understanding of Romans? So that's, mm. that's where a conversation like this, I hope, can really impact the listeners. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly and I appreciate the fact that you with each sermon you go back and you review and we're going over the same thing over and over again but I think that that's needful and I appreciate that and um, I I'm so thankful that we're not flying through this that you're leading us through this slowly so that we don't miss these solid truths that are essentially reshaping Hmm. our whole view and our identity in Christ and, um, and just the, what that means for our freedom in Christ. And, um, so it's for me personally, it is helping me to, uh, dig deeper and to really think things through and ask questions about ways that I've thought prior and, Bringing those thoughts captive and um, 
really just digging in deeper. And so I appreciate the, that review. And like this week, the main verse was 614. Um, but you didn't get to that until the very, very end, <laughs> which was awesome. That was great. It's so good. A full, a full sermon on just a verse. But again, like you mentioned, he huge foundation. And then there's also going elsewhere. And he used a psalm out of Psalm 90 that was really, really good. Um, but I just like that we're going back to this. And there's an encouragement to wrestle with the scripture. You know, use it ourselves. Don't rely on the pulpit to deliver it perfectly for you to be impacted because that's that's ridiculous we want we want to grow in the scripture together uh, it even speaks to pastor mark in the conversation he had with with one of his kids just about you know we need to ask the lord to do this for us um I was vis- visiting a friend of mine in, in tennessee and um she had mentioned that there was a family that moved from this church 10 12 years ago currently live in tennessee they have yet to find a church that is as bible believing as ours is, and the impact they had here, learning from the scriptures and being empowered to read the scriptures, to the sermons empowering you to read the scriptures yourself. They said they've never found that anywhere else after years of, of hunting. And so it, it instilled in me this past weekend just an appreciation for where we're at, well, you know, what our Sundays mornings are for. And it's just hitting over the head yeah, under law true. versus yeah, under grace. And, yep. and not being afraid to tackle those hard truths and having us wrestle mm-hmm. through them. And I, uh, in our small group, we we were wrestling through some things last night that were really, really good. And it just um, this morning I sat down and I was just thinking through the the passage in six, but also Romans one through five as well. And just I was trying to reconcile in my mind, OK, what is this pattern? What is this order? What is this new identity in Christ? Um so I did that, and I, I don't have to go through all of that right now, but mm. it was just a help, helpful exercise for me to just open my Bible, go through the scriptures, and write down those truths of things that we've been learning uh, that are mm. uh, shaping me and mm. helping me to reorient uh, who I am in Christ. And it's so cool to hear you say that, yeah. the cadence of yeah. from from the sermon to your small group, to the discussion, to the reading, back to the sermon, unpacking this Romans 6 over and over. I think that's good. Pastor Mark, anything on your heart, especially as we look at this past weekend, of maybe you wish you had more time for this past weekend or anything like that? I know it's sometimes a hard question to answer. Well, <clears throat> there is a... Um, you realize that you're really only skimming hmm. the surface. It feels like um, even if you post hole into one verse, um, there's just so the depth of the, the word is. Um, uh, it's hard to wrap your our minds around it and, and to keep it all in perspective. And that's why, I mean, good Bible study is imperative where you apply good principles of context and and uh, understanding words and their meaning within their context. And, and otherwise, you're so subject to mm. reading into a text, which is called eisegesis, as opposed to exegesis, which mm. you're trying to read out of the text what it means. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there related to the concept of the law. And we'll talk more about that. Romans 7 is, going to, is, is talking about that. Mm. Um, and of course, just the phrases under law and under grace and and my new nature or who I was in an old nature. And, and 
it's sometimes you feel like you're trying to nail jello to the wall to, to, to mm. get a handle on these things. <laughs> um, and so it's 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 very difficult. But then again, the Holy Spirit has to lead us and guide us. Uh, if if God wanted us to have more thorough information, then he, he could have written more thorough information. That's good. He gave us this. And again, it, so you study it in its con- words have meaning in their context, words that are put together with other words into phrases with verbs and nouns and and syntax and all that stuff. It, God accommodated to us by using language like that. And so we have to work our way through it and try uh, under the power of the Holy Spirit in a, in a, in a dependent attitude and say, all right, Lord, teach me because you wrote this and you made me. So help me to understand what mm-hmm. it means. But yeah, the, the frustration in, in teaching is that there's so much more here and, uh, you know, and I'm still wrestling with the, the meaning of these things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, you feel sometimes like it's an imperfect uh, process, but, um, but God is faithful. Um, good. And so, we've well, talked about meaning of words here in this podcast before of just the value of really trying to dig what in. What does look it say? That. What does the text yeah. say? And, and I feel like that even in the mean? translations, there's confusion. And I just want to see if you can help clarify for me, but also for some of the listeners of just that concept of, of the nature. And in passing, there's one time in, in a sermon or somewhere that you did say that at one point in time, you were taught there's two different natures and that we only have this one, you know, and I even look at my NASB headers of, of Romans chapter seven, the conflict of two natures is what it's called. And so there, there is some confusion there. I think of body of sin and sin nature, and then our new nature that you just were referring to. Can you help unpack that a little bit? Because here we are in Romans six, it's going to continue yeah. in well, Romans seven and eight. And how can what, we really have a grasp again, of that? What, helped, what helped me think this through is again, staying true to the words that are used. Um, and, um, so nowhere, nowhere is in the new Testament. Does it say that I, as a believer in Jesus Christ, have an old nature? Doesn't say that. Hmm. Um, now some of our translations mistakenly do that. And I think the NIV talks about our oral in chapter seven, my old sinful nature is a phrase, but that's not the word that was used. So, so. Again, good Bible study says stick with the text. What is it saying? And so it, it talks about our old man, and that's tied with the Adam thing. Uh, I mean, going back to verse six of chapter six, our old self or the the old my old self, my old man was crucified with him. So that um, and the phrase is the body of sin uh, can re- be rendered inoperative. Um, so there's still, there's something different between my old self, um, and my, the new man. And and then that's another phrase that's used is the new man and an old man. Are there any other phrases with new man that Bible does uh, refer to? Well, um, Ephesians uh, talks about, or, or, or Colossians. And I think we, we turned to Colossians, but, uh, Colossians talks about in, um, chapter three, um, where it says, uh, consider verse five, consider the members of your earthly bodies dead to immorality, so on and so forth. It's because of these things that the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience in them. You also once walked when you were living in them, but now you have also put them, put them aside. 
Do not uh, lie to one another since you have laid aside the old self with its evil practices and you've put on the new self. Mm. So, and the, there's a companion passage in Ephesians that mm. talks about that. that I also think that. of Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. A new, new creation. You're right. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Yeah. So same reference there of kind of old and new. Right. But when you talk about nature, you're talking about the essence of who Organic you are. Organic essence. Yeah. 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 It's something ontologically unique to you, mm-hmm. the, your, your nature. And it's a it's a it's a misnomer to say that Mm -hmm. I, as a believer, now have a old nature while I have a new nature. So that's where those two images of in Adam and in Christ come in. It's one or the other. Right. And that's where our nature is. We are either in the old nature of in Adam or we have this new nature that has been given to us, purchased by Christ, right. in in Christ. Yeah, but the conflict comes because I still sin. Mm-hmm. So there's right. something going on here. Yeah, and so um, writers have just put that label on there. Well, I'll, it's still my Let's old call man. It this, I, yeah. yeah. So it's so, uh, and then that's gotten carried over into some of our translations. Again, the Bible never talks about. That I have a an old nature inside me while I have a new nature. I was an old man, my old self. I am now a new self, but I have a body of sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you think through what of me is going to live forever? Mm-hmm. Well, it's my new man. It's my inner man. That, that That's born again. That's alive. Regeneration. Mm-hmm. What of me is going to die? My body, my physical body. And Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15 how that mortal has to put on immortality and you can clearly see it it's clearly to me it's so clear in first corinthians or or in in romans 7 where he talks about or even in romans 6 i see a different law he says in in Mm -hmm. romans 7 in the members of my body making me a prisoner it's really good so and and that's where the concept of flesh comes in Mm -hmm. and the flesh the the, it, it has both a physical aspect to it and a spiritual component because it's they're so intricately tied my flesh, my outward, my, my, the members of my body, my flesh, you know, my, I'm flesh and bone, but there's that spiritual component of it because it is somehow mysteriously, um, the sin is incited through the, the lusts of the flesh. Uh, he, Paul had Passions, said, Passions, desires. That's right. Paul uses yeah. that phrase in Romans 6 where he talks about, uh, you know, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies to obey the, the, its passions, its lust. And that's the ripple effect from not fully understanding the two natures, right? It's easy to fall into this idea of, yeah, I'm under grace, but I'm under law too. And now I have to, now they're at war with each other, this, that, and the other. And it's been helpful even as we hone in on verse 14, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. What is that suggesting? How can we understand that verse better? Uh, a practical element of that that's been taught to me that helps is, well, you negate it and assume that's what he's warning against. Are we living as if sin has dominion over us? And so because of that, we are under law. You have to ask yourself those questions. How am I living as if the opposite of this is true? And that can help you unpack and understand more. Ultimately, I think who you are, who you are in Christ. Yeah. And this idea of our nature again, and who we are in Christ, 
someone might ask, so, so what's, why is that so important? Why, why, why are we mm. you know, nitpicking on terms? Isn't that just semantics? No, it's not. Because again, and I've, I've said this over and over again, nobody's going to live in a way that's inconsistent with how they perceive themselves. So if I perceive myself as a no good, dirty, rotten, depraved sinner, mm-hmm. well, you're, well, what a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm-hmm. We have to be. We have to retool, train our thinking biblically, align our thinking with the scriptures to say, that's not who I am. So, so why am I doing? Why am I thinking? Why, why did I say that? Why, why, why did that sin show up? Because that does not define who I really am in Christ. It can give great hope to people who truly have been taught or believe. That there's just, you know, these two beasts, these are these natures inside you and they're warring and, you know, mm-hmm. oh, man. And, and you get stuck in Romans 7 where Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. But he moved out of that. That's why, by the way, Romans 7 is in between Romans 6. He lays the right. foundation of our true identity. Then he wrestles with the, the reality oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But then it comes back to the solution in Romans 8. So he doesn't skirt around the issue of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, he lays it out because we have to deal with it. But that's where the conflict and that's where the rub comes in. But it starts with saying, I I don't have to live the way I once did because I'm not the person I once was. Which is what well, makes that verse 14 so important. And it's said multiple times, you know, sin shall not be master over you. You know, you're not under law. And so to, to think that you might be under law still or you have to do these things... You, you just you're going to be bound to fail if that's where, how you perceive that I have to do it. But you're fully under that blanket of grace. That's right. And, and as a believer, that's where we stand. And, yeah. and you don't have to continue to press on and try to grit your teeth. <laughs> like you Dude, gave a couple of examples where the, in the sermon. That word sanctification comes into play here because we have the capacity to live righteously. We don't have to sin anymore. And um Verse 11, 611, so you, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God, God in Christ Jesus. So that word consider, and we've talked about this before, but it's, it's to reckon that it's, this is already true about me. So I need to be thinking this way. I need to be knowing myself Mm -hmm. in this way as I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to Christ. And there's this newness that we now have the freedom in Christ to walk in uh, because sin is not mastering us any longer. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up sanctification because it can be easy to think, okay, now I need to perfect myself to be sanctified, to become more Christ-like. But no, it, it, it mimics the transition of the gospel and that you, you come to the end of yourself. To become more like Christ is to become less like the person you once were. And it's so easy for those those waters to get muddy, I think, because we forget we're supposed to not do the do those things to earn anything or to we put I think we overcomplicate things. I think we put way too much on our own shoulders. Mm. And if you fall under law or you're doing things under law, I think the church gets complicated because somebody can be doing the right things for the wrong reasons. I don't know if you've ever done that before, the right <laughs> thing for the wrong reason. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It is unfulfilling. It's exhausting, and all it does is frustrate you that nobody else seems to be doing it for your same. Re- Come on, like what? What are we doing here? It's a facade. It, it's against and and will not lead to that that growth because the growth is ultimately what's happening here. And right. And Pastor Mark, you you said this jumped out at me. You said with the law, there's no spiritual. 
power mm. to make obedience happen. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Caleb, because it, it results to defeat and death, essentially. But in grace, we're under grace. We have this power of Jesus and that's living. We have this living freedom for righteous living. And yeah. so there's, there's a, a power struggle here. Or, well, it's not really a struggle because one's dead. There's um, where it's either no power or full power in Christ. Yeah. I, I got an um, email um, the last couple of weeks from an, uh, an older lady in our congregation. Uh, she's in her seventies um, and how this Romans six truth and I, these whole issues of grace and identity is beginning to resonate with her mm. because wow. she said, I have lived under self, such self condemnation and guilt from choices and decisions made and attempts to try and try to be that good Christian and not succeeding. It, 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 it and, you know, and she has just, you know, sweated it out and gutted it out but it, it hasn't been a lot of fun Christian life hasn't been much fun and she said for the first time it's starting to click with her this idea of freedom and that it's 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 living dependently upon him and all of a sudden uh, she's getting excited about mm-hmm. and, and one of her comments was she said w- when you're when you're living under self-condemnation and and the the accuser of the brethren is always bringing this up. It is so tiring. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it wears you out to try to be better. And now all of a sudden, she's beginning to see the freedom and the joy. And that's so good. That's yeah. the difference between what uh, Paul talks about life and death. Hmm. And so. Um, hmm. in, in John, uh, that just John eight. Uh, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then if you go down to verse 36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's what she's experiencing. And I think that that when we, you mentioned that, um, Along the lines of Christianity is a thinking man's mm-hmm. religion. religion yeah. yeah, thinking man's religion. And that's, there's so much truth to that is there, um, we've got to be abiding in him and digging into his word so that our minds and our hearts will be illumined so that we can see these truths. They're, they're there for us. Yeah. So the, let's the, access them. And the fun thing, <laughs> and though, believe it. And the fun thing, though, is that even that desire to get into the word. It's good is a spirit mm-hmm. control thing. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm going to beat myself up because now all of a sudden I place myself under law again. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So it, it is it is uh, it, even that is an under grace thing and the Holy Spirit empowers. But that. I even know for a fact yeah. that like she's not the only one yeah. thinking this. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's many others in our congregation, many others around the country and world who are, are, are have that guilt or have the even they're, they're good Christians they are trying to do the right thing, but they're like almost fearful to make a wrong decision or fearful to like, you know, am I doing the right things? And they're, they're placing the burden on themselves. Yeah. And ultimately they're taking it, they're, they're over elevating themselves to, to say, am I making the right decision? Mm-hmm. And is this something that I need to be doing as opposed to God, where would you have me be? Walking moment by moment, day by day, you know, I mean, I've heard people talk about, you know, where to send their kids to school or who do I vote for and, and the fear and the anxiety over these kind of daily decisions. And it's not walking by the spirit when you're struggling and wrestling with mm-hmm. these fears of, am I going to please God or am I going to do the right thing? And 
it's too much emphasis on yourself mm-hmm. when you're walking that way. That's really good. And you bring up fear and anxiety. I think we're in a crucial moment. You know, the world's always been garbage, but now everyone feels like it's especially garbage for whatever reason. Everything's going on. To, to come to the scriptures, not because we feel like we have to, but because we ought to want to and to see our freedom in Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. And to go, not so we can, again, is God your first response or your last resort when, when you are going through something? Because it's easy to let him be your last resort. I got to go to the scripture. I got to figure it out. Surely the answer's got to be in here. And then you get disappointed when the Bible doesn't address COVID-19 in any translation. But to flip the frame of reference to, I'm going to come to this Bible so I can re- be reminded who I am in Christ. Be reminded who's in control. And then to be confident in that. Mm-hmm. And good. confident that I am walking in, you know, I'm trusting God in this. Mm-hmm. And to say, okay, I can place my trust and confidence in him. Even though it, from the outward appearances it might not feel like the right thing or look like I might be getting conversations from other people. But mm-hmm. I, I trust and believe that this is God's will for me to make X, Y, and Z decision. And, and go with that. And, really and, good. and not have this constant fear and anxiety thinking that, am I doing the right thing? Am I worrying about it? And, and it's just... It's free. Too much people, myself, focus. Someone uh, else had sent me an email that um, um, they were sharing um, some of these truths and and struggles and how it's. But um, they shared a a song by a a Christian artist, um, J.J. Heller. Do you know J.J. Heller? I've heard the name. Yeah. Uh, A gal. And and he, uh, she. They're a, they're a couple, I think, they, that yeah. sing together. I think so. But but the song was, uh, th- her particular song was entitled, You Want More For Me. And it was a song reflecting, and she uses actually the phrase that comes out of C.S. Lewis's mm-hmm. that I had quoted the book. And, and in the song itself, she's, she's admitting, I contented myself with mud pies in the slum. <laughs> Yeah. Not knowing of the, yeah. the, the holiday yeah. at sea, mm-hmm. you have so much more for me. Yeah. Uh, that you want yeah. more for me. And so that's really good. I, I mean, God doesn't play games with us. And, he, you know, he doesn't want us to to live a, a, a joyless life of, you know, gritting it out and trying to live for him. It, it, it's we're not under law in that sense of principle that, you know, that doesn't mean that we don't obey God. He'll go into that very next verse in verse 15. We'll see next week. Shall we sin? Because uh, shall we continue in sin? Because we're under law and not under grace. Well, of course not. Mm-hmm. We're still under the command of God. God. God still calls us to holiness. That can be summed up. Love me completely and love others fully. We're, that, that's still what reflects glory to him. Being under law, though, is saying, man, I've got to do this in order to gain that acceptance. And I've got to do it in my own strength and my own power. Yeah. And I've got to, you know, so do, do, do when it's already been done. That's where our identity comes in, that it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And it's relying on scripture and biblical understanding. I will remember how dumb I felt when I read Romans six fourteen, had a question and Googled it to find a commentary. And what popped up was Romans 6.15. If only I had just kept reading. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like, wh- why? Why? And I, and I was like, I feel like a just a complete fool that, I, oh, oh, here's a question I have about this verse. And Romans, Galatians, a lot of things, especially the way Paul writes, and the Holy Spirit lays it down, like Alicia said, unpacking it in this way. Keep reading. Yeah. It, it will come up. Paul does a very good job of asking the He challenges himself with the question you have as you're reading. And that can only come from biblical understanding. 
I think that's great. There was a quote the other day. I think it was Tim Keller, but he said, uh, we need to understand the Bible does a better job of interpreting us than we do interpreting the Bible. Mm. To, to humble ourselves and come to the scripture and learn who we are before we just try to figure it out and get our quick fix. I mean, the Bible's not an espresso shot. It's water. It, we have to understand that. Can you and say church, that again? Unpack that. The Bible is not an espresso shot. The Bible shot. is not an espresso shot. It's water. Okay. This should be our, our life. We should be embracing this. And, and what does that look like practically? Well, it looks like being a part of a church body outside of a, a butt in a pew, right? We, we can be the, the body together. Scripture points us to that. And so it cannot be this, Toby Mack calls it that, I used it earlier in the podcast, is this a last resort or a first response? Where are you at with Scripture when it comes to a problem in your life? If it can be seen as that water, as that necessity, because it's going to feed your nature who you are. It's not an espresso shot anymore that will lead to fatigue and a headache if you don't have enough water. You know, that's kind of the, the picture there. At the at the end of my list of this, you know, the order of progression of things, I, I asked myself, why? Like, why all of this? And I wrote, because God loves me and did all of this for me in and through his precious, perfect son. The Holy Spirit empowers me and the love of Christ mm-hmm. compels me. And it, the, that Ephesians passage, I, I love Ephesians 1. Mm. Um, but I want to just go back and read 5 through 8 again because it was, uh, it just... Of Ephesians 1? Yes, yes, yes. Ephesians 1, 5 through 8. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And then it just can, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So It's just so rich. And so I think that if we're seeing just the goodness and the love of God and all that he's done for us. And just think about that for a hot second. It changes you. And the way you mentioned that, uh, the question why, it's so good if you can get somebody to the point of why. And you mentioned the love that God has for us. Why? Why? Why would God do this? Beats me. (laughs) I mean, do you think we deserve any of this? Do you think we have the formula? It it, it blows your mind in the best of ways. It all comes down to that love. I think that's which is which is uh, as I was frothing and preaching, getting this, you know, spitting on people, spitting on people. You know, I just kind of I know people are watching and they're listening. They're very and they're you know saying amens in their heart. But sometimes Mm. you just when you come face to face with these truths, you you you. You do want to kind of, and, and by the way, we sing them every Sunday. Yeah. That's what worship mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. I mean, as we sing these songs, singing also, uh, I think, flips switches with us, you know, because it's another um, doing something else to the way God made us in our expression of it. And so we need to we need to sing these songs with joy and with gusto and with with. Um, you know, praise uh, deeply because I think I think we every week we try to have gospel-oriented mm-hmm. yeah. songs. It brings that the head and the heart us. together in a way that can't be explained, <clears throat> and, and then you do it together corporately with other people. I mean, you can do that mm-hmm. in your car driving down the road, or you know, just in your privacy of your own house. But doing it together corporately just even accentuates that even more. Yeah. To to do that with other people to encourage each other as we're singing songs to God and to each other, reminding one another that mm-hmm. this is the truth of what God has done. Well, because it's so easy for us to back to slip back under. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, yeah. and so, I mean, that's a question I guess too, is how does that happen? How, 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 how does a, a born again believer 
all of a sudden find themselves either daily or maybe for long periods of time slipping back under law because it's our bent like <laughs> to, <laughs> to be to for self-improvement yeah, to, for to, doing it ourselves yeah it's, you know the american way pick it up by you know by your bootstraps and do it and grit it out or just our own tendencies just are going to be like i got to get this done and and it's so easy for us to recognize that we can have be justified we can be saved by grace but it's more difficult for us to have that ongoing progressive grace blanket to, to not intermix ourselves in that factor and the, the can you, you can you imagine how tough it was in the early church because you're talking about the early believers being all you know out of a jewish background and they're they're mm. steeped in the law yeah pharisaism and that's a narrative yeah oh and and that's what they and then all of a sudden you know the the gentiles get saved and they they have nothing to do with the law and well no, wait a minute and and so there was this conflict with the judaizers trying to put people well you got to at least do these you got to be circumcised you got to do this you know wait a minute that and uh, and so paul is raised up as this apostle of of grace in this time of uh, you know this this fullness of time um, how difficult it was in that early church and even in rome where there were uh, Jew, uh, jewish believers and gentile believers paul is addressing these things um, um, maybe it doesn't hit us exactly the same but we're but, not the only culture going through it is what right. you're saying and I mean, they I, went through it big time back then yeah. and every generation every century from this nothing has changed and we still point. have those struggles it feels new but do you know how many times people have rioted the streets with fire and have been upset about something? It's not unique to America yeah, in the late right. 20s. Like, it's, it's been around. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, so, yeah. to understand that. And then to address the question of why does it happen? Why do we fall back into it? I mean, look at what the devil used at the very beginning. Did God actually tell you this? Challenging what God actually says and our understanding of, of who God says we are. The devil wants us to misinterpret scripture. He did it himself. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And what did Adam and Eve do when they were brought face to face with their sin? Hmm. They covered themselves. They hid. Yeah. They hid. They, they, mm-hmm. they sold fiddlies. Yeah. We've got to figure this out. We've got to solve this thing. Yeah. Because, you know, we can't. Another thing that I wrote down, I wrote sin lies, distorts, corrupts, deceives, cheats. It wants us to believe that it's on the throne. That's like sin's agenda. But. Christ, he battled our sins of the cross. Like that fight has been dealt with and it's finished. That is finished. And so our, our, I think that we're back to the kind of the talk on legalism there. There's a, the boy, my boys and I, we learned, we learned about the word iniquity this week. And Simeon, what does it mean? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, per, like bent over. Hmm. Um, there's a perversion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not straight. Uh, that, that kind of, um, that kind of an image. Um, and that's where we're, we can fall under that legalism and not with all the do's and the don'ts and, it can become overwhelming, but that all of that has been dealt with at the cross, and we have victory mm-hmm. over all of that, and we're not under that law. We're under grace. And, and this is the, the irony in a way, but it's also the, it's a sad irony, is every time we, we put ourselves under law or we, we seek to obey the law, and the motives might be right, the, that very law uh, incites it, it incites mm-hmm. that that sin, mm. so it brings it to life. So the very thing we want to accomplish, 
We, we never can. It sets us up to fail even more. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a downward spiral. It's right. Things for the wrong fail. reasons. And we yeah. had a community group member last night share, and I've experienced this. You've, we, those of us who have kids, you set the rules. And how much can we, Caleb, you're the rule breaker, but we um, test kid. the waters, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. don't step over that line. Yeah. Don't yeah. touch that. Don't and touch just, wet paint. Oh, the more <laughs> the rules just, just yeah. expose that desire mm-hmm. to sin somehow. So I understand what you're saying of flipping a switch. Yeah. And you mentioned that in the beginning of your sermon that you're just flipping the switch and all of us listening, <laughs> yeah. but that, that it, it exposes the sin. It just kind of draws out that desire to sin. And, and yeah. And, and, and. And this is another toll topic, right, another a more topic. applicational thing. But, you know, <laughs> as, as parents, it's, it's a fine balance because um, mm-hmm. there, are, there, are, there are laws, there are, there are regulations within the home that don't do that. There, there, there are those things there. Uh, but, you know, rules without relationship is going to lead to rebellion, mm-hmm. as uh, James Dobson said all, every time. Somewhere we have to in, infuse in their grace. We, and we have to raise our kids and teach them about Jesus. Because I said at the close of my sermon last week, grace is not some blob or, or spiritual ooze. It's a person. Mm-hmm. And we have to help them see the unseen, help them see Christ. And it comes through our life, of course. But... Um, if, if all we're doing is imposing r- r- rules on our, on our children, we're going to drive them. And we're going to, the very thing we want to see happen is the opposite is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we have to help them have a relationship with Jesus. Most important thing we can do as parents is mm-hmm. help our kids have a relationship with Jesus, get to know him. And so you pray with them, you talk with them. And yes, does God want us to live a certain way? Yeah. Does he want us to love him fully and love others completely? And that means don't do these things or don't do those things or don't do these things. That's what love is. Love is the actions of things. Yeah. But if, if all they're hearing is the do's and don'ts, uh, we are creating the next generation of Christianity that the last generation created. And it's, it's, I mean, so we have to undo that. And then we teach Romans and it's all, we have all these aha moments because it never got taught properly in the home level. Right. So anyway, that's, that's, yeah. and that's my story. I'm gonna stick with it. If, there, if there's a portion of me or, or any element of which I'm putting myself under law, I'm going to be very good at putting other people under law when I look at them too. And so you talk about the community, all of us coming together. I think for a Christian walk, I can only love somebody else to the extent I understand God loves me. So if I still feel like he doesn't have that unconditional, fervent love, a love that doesn't even make sense sometimes because I'm acting like such a doofus, that has me under grace, that can empower me and, and lead me to embrace a church community and love somebody else. Because it does, it can be simplified down to that, that, that what, would you, what would Christ do? What would he do? There's back. Um, it's back to that abiding in mm-hmm. that John passage. Mm-hmm. Just a, there's a the relational abiding, abiding really in good. him, abiding in his word. Stay close. Don't don't stray. Abide. That's right. And when you find yourself and you've succumbed to the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eye or the boastful pride of life, and the accuser of the brethren is perched on that shoulder of yours, whispering, "Loser, loser, spiritual loser." Um, you, you, who do you run to? You, you, you got to run into the arms of grace. Yeah. And so the writer of Hebrews says, you know, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of mm-hmm. our faith, um, that it is always comes down to a relationship with Christ. If we can just connect our hearts to him, 
Um, and and that and it, how do you do that? Like with any relationship, you got to spend time with people. You got to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. So yeah. I mean, we'll continue this and as we go on the next uh, chapters of Romans, because Romans eight is where he's going to get us to in, in terms good. of the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. I'm so excited. It's so good. But I'm I'm okay with taking our time too. <laughs> uh, but again, nothing stopping you from going ahead and reading it. No. <laughs> nobody's nobody's stopping that. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what do we need to point people towards before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, I mean September's here. Like you guys said in the very beginning, fall is here, which means ministry is happening all across the church. Mm-hmm. Um, just to highlight the the new name for what we call adult learning center classes, biblical training center. So that's BTC. happening. Check that out online of where the classes are and how to get plugged in. Um, you know, there's also the family ministry is disseminating some different things. They're calling it uh, everyday devotional D six. So that's at the home center. Right. It's also a, something you can get digitally as well. Um, the spiritual assessment is out there. Spiritual checkup is what we're calling it. Um, so go there, plug in with that. Um, that's the front page of the, of the home page of our website. And Mark, you mentioned this last week. We do have the landing page for the 40th anniversary celebration. It looks so good. Who, so who, who did you make that? that? Who, uh, made, who, 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 is the, is the great person. You know, it looks we really pieced good. together oh, the pictures. So it's so cool. Stories. It's so cool. So head there so you can get the recap of one central location of yeah. all the things, the trivia quiz. There's some pictures. There's all the different podcasts. There's our recap podcast last week is all right there. And then keep in mind the, the timeline exhibit's still up. So you can go check that out. But those are some of the really cool things to, to know about hmm. and these next few weeks. We had our pre-launch service at, uh, down at Shenzhou Dai. Yeah. Yep. had over 70 people there. It's awesome. Uh, and everybody so I've cool. talked to, I, it, it was just, it really was awesome. Yeah. There was excitement. There was four or five Man, new families so cool. that had never come cool. before. Um, yeah, I, I talk, chatted with Don and Patty and Hartog. I mean, he was uh, he was pumped. He, yep. he he was just excited. That's, really That's cool. so encouraging. Good. Yeah. Yeah, but even in this regathering process, and we're still calling it regathering. I mean, we're we're still not officially yeah, I, back to normal. I don't know when the re gets dropped. In this I'll be honest. Regathering process. Yeah. Still go to the website because there's still yeah. going to be changes, updates, things okay. happening that are going on. That we know about this. Not really time to communicate yet, but just keep going on the website for and those and, details. And biggest in person attendance again this week. Yeah. Than, than we oh, had. cool. Yeah. So people awesome are feeling more and more comfortable. Yep. Not back into the swing of things, but back into a swing of things. Good stuff. Just a reminder, you can find Sermon Spotlight all over the place. Podcast services, HD video goes up on YouTube every week, normally Tuesday nights. Be a part of the show. You can send us questions, comments, feedbacks. Uh, trash talk, Mark Francis, do whatever you want. Uh, I won't filter that stuff out all the time. Uh, FBCVA.life forward slash Sermon Spotlight. The fact of the matter, everybody's at Sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Till next week, much love and God bless.